right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be episode number 64. I reached out on social media the other day and I was asking for some topics on a upcoming podcast and I finally kind of narrowed it down to a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Um, there was a lot of really good suggestions and uh, some that I hadn't even thought of. So I really appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, telling me what you want to talk about. That's what the whole podcast platform is about. That's what the idea behind the podcast is. So um, with that being said, I've got a, several of them that I'm going to hit on. Um, I had, I don't know, 10 or 11 responses um, on social media. And then I had a couple guys text me and stuff. But what I want to do is try and hit a couple of them um, the best I can. I'm just going to kind of go off the cuff with these. I think um, I do as well or better off the cuff than I do really taking notes, but there's a couple of them that I want to do longer forms on. So uh, if you were one of the guys that asked about how to be a better storyteller, um, the difference between long and form, short content, um, that's kind of the stuff that I, and, and the filming whitetails earning. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that one yet because it's not time of year yet. I know you, you were really um, really busted me for that one on a text the other day, but it's not to, to me, it's not quite time for that. So what I'm going to do is today I'm going to talk about, uh, networking and collaboration, how to use ND filters, and then, uh, a couple of the com content or content, a couple of my current and upcoming projects. So I figured those are three that I could really talk about today. And then I'm going to be doing separate podcasts on how to be a better storyteller, how the pre-production process works and how I do it, and then uh, difference in producing short and long-form content and then filming whitetails. Those are all going to be probably their own podcasts by themselves because those are something I can't just talk about. Um, whereas the other ones, I feel like they're a little easier just to you know sit here and talk about um, because I've done them. I've... I've, I've not, I haven't mastered any I haven't mastered anything but I've gotten much much better at all the other things so I wanted to sit here and kind of go through my thoughts on first things first is the networking um, networking collaboration well I guess the uh, I guess the first thing to talk about is <sighs> When you're net, networking is is something that I never really saw. I mean, when I, I went to business school. For those of you that don't know, I graduated um, with a, a business degree, um, bachelor's of science in business administration. And I remember networking was one of the things that we did talk about. Never really paid it much attention. Never really cared about um, networking and what that meant. Um, for me and my business, but, but, you know, when I was in college, I got a business degree because I figured I could use that in just about anything that I went into. I, ha I really didn't have a defined plan on what, on what I was going to do. Um, and you ask me some days, I still don't know what I'm going to do. So it was one of those things to where I had to learn how to network on my own. 
But in this business, to me, it's so easy to network because everybody that you talk to has the same um, aspirations and the same goals and the same passions as you do. Uh, everybody likes to hunt. Everybody likes to produce quality content. Everybody likes to be outside. Um, they like gear. They like tech. They like all the above. So, you know, networking for me is, it, it comes easy. Um, but I think network goes a little deeper than that. I think networking comes down to what kind of person you are and what kind of personality you have. I know a lot of guys that, and I've said this before, and it goes back to the guys that are that are really good at being creative. They're really good at being creative, but they're not good at being a human being. They're not good at talking, carrying on a conversation. They're not good at running a business. They're not good at all the other things. And networking is an absolutely essential part. And I can't even, I can't take credit for me being a good networker because when I worked at Sub 7, we got to rub rub elbows with just about everybody. Um, but I think the reason that I got noticed and the reason that people took notice to me is because I was one of those guys that was personable. I was courteous. I was respectful. I, uh, I did what I said I was going to do. I tried to help people out without, you know, expecting things in return. I tried to connect dots. I've always said I was kind of a, a dot connector. You know, I, I, I might not know everyone, but I know someone that knows someone that can connect the dots for something that you need. And when you can help someone out and you don't, you truly don't expect something in return. Um, when, the, when the time comes, it might be a year from now. It might be two years from now. When the time comes where they need work or they need help on a, a project, you're going to be in the front of their mind because they're going to remember what you did for them. Um, and I'm not saying go out and try and, you know, do something for someone just for the sake of trying to get, you know, work down the road. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying really the best part of it is just be a good person. Um, and, and don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, when I re when I, when I was first getting started, on my own, I uh, reached out to a bunch of companies. I used some of my clients um, that I knew that had uh, sponsors or um, business relationships that I would, I, I could, I could try and leverage, um, and it not be in, in, and it not be in conflict of interest with my the, my client to where I'd say, hey, you know, I can provide them with social media content, or I can do this, that, and the other. And uh, I would, and in the beginning, I would just reach out to whoever it was and be like, hey, look, I, this is what I do. This is what I'm capable of. I would give them tons of examples, of video examples, um, photo examples, and then say, you know, let me have some product and let me prove to you what I can do. And uh, I would go above and beyond. I'd work my butt off for free, like I did for three and a half years before I got started. And every time I did that, it, uh, it turned into work for me. And uh, it got to the point to where I couldn't handle any more work, and that's where I'm at right now. Um, I'll be gone more days this year than I've ever been. I've already been gone 90 days this year, and I'll probably be over 160 by the end of the year. Um, that's good and bad. That means I'm away from home a lot, but that means I'm making money. I'm working. I'm you know moving and grooving. Um, I'm just trying my best right now to not get in a rut of making everything look the same. And that's where I'm at right now. Um, is working on a couple of projects that I'm trying to make be their own, have their own image, have their own story. Um, but I'm not getting into that yet. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Kind of getting back to networking. Um, 
Another thing about networking, and I feel like a broken record when I say this, when you get somebody's number and you call them or they call you, answer the freaking phone for the 57th time. If they text you, reply. If they call you, call them back. It is not hard. Follow up, follow up, follow up. Don't be annoying, but when you, when someone calls you, when someone emails you, they expect a response. And if you're one of those people that gets a call or gets a text and they don't want to answer it or they say they'll get to it later, you know what? You deserve everything you get because there's no reason, there is no reason to be that way. For you to not respond to people, for you not to answer people, it is my number one pet peeve in life. It drives me insane. Call people back. Follow up. And don't just call people. Don't just reach out to people when you need something. If you're one of those people, everybody knows who you are. You only call and you only reach out when you need something. Check on people. Ask how they're doing. Don't act, don't expect anything in return. Don't don't expect the next text that you get from them to say, "Hey, what do you need? What's what's up? What's going on?" You shouldn't every time you message somebody or call somebody, it shouldn't be because you need something or need something from them. You've got to you've got to create a rapport. You've got to this whole flipping business is built on relationships and networking is the very beginning of that you but you get someone's phone number that you want to work with or you um, meet them at a trade show and that's and that's another thing I mean I'm gonna get into that in a minute but you meet someone that you want to create a, a business relationship with that you you did you call and text and follow up with I've got people that I've I've met at trade shows that I still contact to this day for the last seven, eight years that I've never gotten a single bit of work out of. But that's when I don't, I don't contact them for that. I contact them to say, how are you doing? How are things? You know, I love the new show that just came out. Love some of the content you're putting out. You know, whatever the case may be, just make sure that you stay in their mind. You know, and be, a, at the end of the day, be a good person, be a human being. The next thing is the biggest thing for me in networking is you have to be where the people are. And that means trade shows. And the the biggest and the best trade show, in my opinion, for what I do is the ATA show. It bounces back and forth between Louisville and Indianapolis. This year it's going to be in Indianapolis. And I got bad news. They just made it harder to get in. For the years and years, they they just stair-stepped and making it harder and harder and harder to get in. And now, not only is it harder, it's more expensive. Like it's, I can't remember, it's like 600 and something dollars just to get in as a media salesperson. Um, and that's what I would have to go at, go ask in order to solicit and to talk to people about work and um, future projects. Last year it was like 250. I think this year it's like 600. They sent out an email right after we got back from ATA to say it was going up. Um, but they also know that people are going to pay it because going to ATA and you pay $600, you pay a couple hundred dollars to get there, hotel room, you're in it, thousand, twelve hundred dollars after it's all said and done. Well, you get one tiny little project and that's paid for. Um, it's worth it because anybody and everybody who is the movers and shakers in this business for the content world is there. Are they getting beat to death? Yes. Are they getting solicited by everybody and their brother? 
Yes, that's not why I go. I go because it's a family reunion for people that I know, and I know enough people now to where so-and-so comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I heard this group is, you know, they're needing an editor. I heard this group needs some freelance work. I heard this group needs some photography work, and then they introduce me. But I've had to be there for eight years and meet people and go to the bars afterwards and hang out, even though I don't drink and go and just shake hands and, and be there, be in people's face and, you know, introduce myself, reintroduce myself, reintroduce myself, <clears throat> and uh, let other people introduce me to people. Let Chuck and John take me and introduce me to people. You know, let um, some of my other clients take me and introduce me to so-and-so and so-and-so. And then you do that for eight years, and uh, you're going to start connecting some dots. You're going to start meeting some people, and there's things going to come of that. Can it take years? Yeah, it absolutely can. Can it happen in one trip? It absolutely can. I know people that have went on one trip and, you know, landed really big projects. It's It really comes down to you. It comes down to you being outgoing. It comes down to you being willing to put yourself out there. It comes down to you wanting it bad enough, really. Um, you absolutely have to be at ATA show. Uh, NWTF is a decent show. It's a consumer show, so there's a lot of lot of other people there, and a lot of just you know regular everyday you know Joes that are there to buy stuff. So that kind of dilutes what you're trying to do. And there's usually not that many movers and shakers. At NWTF Shot Show is another really big one. It's really really hard to get into, but it's also enormous and and overwhelming. I would suggest going to ATA first. It's a really good way to get your foot feet wet. And it's got everybody you could ever want. And it's there's not that many people there because it's not a consumer show. It's an industry show. So only industry people are there. There's not people walking around buying stuff. You can't buy anything at ATA show. It's just to promote up and upcoming projects, upcoming gear, upcoming products, um, that kind of thing. Uh, if it's any in any any hunting company you could ever imagine is there. Any hunting companies you've never heard of are there. Uh, it's a really, really good place to be. And if you are serious about networking, serious about getting your name out there, your face out there, your company out there, you have to be at ATA Show. It's going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana this year. And if you'll give me two seconds, I'll tell you the dates, which you can Google this. But uh, it is going to be in January. It's always in January. This year, the ATA Show is in Indianapolis from January the 9th to the 11th. So um, I've already got it on my calendar. I will be there. So be there, be square. Um, it's it's going to be a good one. It's my favorite show. I will absolutely be there um, unless something bad happens, which let's let's hope that's not the not the case. But um, yeah, I'll be there in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is my favorite location for it. Um, it's the most fun. It's got the most to do, and it's usually cold as a witch's titty there. So just get ready for that. Next thing I wanted to talk about, let me pull up my notes again now that I've gotten thoroughly sidetracked, is we just talked about networking. Um, and the other part of networking is collaboration. I don't want to leave that part out. So when is it okay, when is it correct to collaborate? That comes down to whatever the project is, what the budget is, and what the time frame is. If you have someone that fits your project, if you have a, another producer, another editor, another shooter, another photographer that fits into the mold of what you're trying to do, and you feel like inside of your budget, inside of your time frame, inside of all those things that you could collaborate with A, B, C company, whoever it is, 
then by all means do it. Um, I would try and make sure you cover yourself legally with making sure they're not poaching clients, this, that, and the other. But um, I've collaborated on a couple of things, nothing really big. Um, I've, I've hired in some subcontractors on some things, and I've been a subcontractor on a lot of things. So it's... it. I really don't know the perfect answer to that, to be completely honest. I think if it feels right and it fits the project, then by all means do it. All right, the next thing I want to talk about, how to use NV how to use indie filters and when to use them. This is a pretty simple one in my opinion. Most cameras now have indie filters built in, like my FS7 does, the FS5 does, uh, the NX3 did, the uh, NX5U did, the 300K did, all of them have built in indie filters. And if you're running a DSLR, you would get what's called a polarizer filter, which is virtually the same thing. It screws on the front of your um, lens. And what you need to think of an ND filter is, is essentially sunglasses for your camera. What that does is I run ND filters anytime I want to get my f-stop down. So generally when I'm running my big camera, I set my shutter on 1 of a second and I leave it there. <clears throat> so when it's bright sunny sunshine, obviously that 1 is gonna it's going to get really bright and then I have to adjust my f-stop or I have to stop down my ND filters. I'll run my ND filters as low as I can because I want to keep my f-stop between, you know, that f4 number and that f7 number. That's where I like to keep it. That's what keeps my background blown out, keeps a cinematic look when I push in, um, push in on my focal length, and I can really keep the look like I want it. I use ND filters all the time. I think it is imperative to use them. Um, I use that to keep my f-stop number where I want it. But another reason that you use it is to save your background. Because you know when you're filming in a tree stand, you're filming in a ground blind, and your subject is a lot darker than the background? Well, if you can ND filter, you turn your ND filter on, it's going to save that background a little bit better. It's going to make your subject darker, but then you can run your f-stop up, and it's still going to save that background just enough to make it to where it's not blown out. That's another really good use for ND filters. Just think of it just like sunglasses when you're outside. It's flipping those sunglasses on to where everything else is in better uh, exposure. That's the best, simplest way I can think to, to describe it. Is Don't ever be afraid to use ND filters. I use them all the time. I, I forget they're on sometimes and I have to remember that's why my shot's so dark because I have ND filters on. And, and with my... Uh, FS7, it has three ND filters. It's got a, oh gosh, I gotta remember, 164th, a quarter, and a 116th, I think is the ND filters. I don't think it's in that order though. I'd have to go look. But that's, that's, it gets darker, darker, and darker. You know, it's a light ND filter, a medium ND filter, and then a super dark ND filter. And when it's bright, sunny sunshine at one o'clock in the afternoon out in the middle of the lake and you ain't got a shade tree around, you're probably going to be running that 164th, which is the darkest one. Um, use it, man. Don't be afraid to use ND filters. And the same thing goes for um, DSLR guys, is buy those polarizer filters. When you're out there on the water or you're out there in a, in a wide open field on a spot in stock, that ND filter is going to save that image so much better than stopping down or you know, running your shutter way down. Throw that ND filter on. They're super cheap on Amazon. Go buy polarizer filters. There's all kinds of different darknesses. 
buy three or four darknesses and play around with them. Don't be afraid to use them. They're a little more annoying to use on DSLRs because you have to screw them on and screw them off. But to take pictures with them and to and shoot video with them, man, it makes all the difference in the world. Don't be afraid to use them. All right. Um, and I think the next thing, the last thing that we we're going to talk about is uh, current and upcoming projects. So um, I'm trying to think of how much I can say. Um, right now what I'm working on is obviously still a habit. Um, we are in the middle of doing our one, two, three, four. We just filmed our fifth episode in Minnesota with the World Bow Fishing Championship. I'll be putting that together in the next, not this coming week because I'll be gone all week, the next week. I'll be putting it together with some interviews and some stuff. It's going to be a different kind of show that we've ever done. Um, it's more highlighting the tournament and the bow fishing scene, the tournament scene, more more than uh, us hunting and fishing. Um, it's going to be a challenge for me, which I'm looking forward to. It was a challenge to film because it was much outside of our style. So uh, it might suck. It might be great. Who knows? You tell me once you watch it. Um, that's what I'm working on right now. I'm also doing several edits for Dudley. Um, stuff that I did not shoot and a couple things that I did shoot. Uh, Utah elk hunt that's almost done. It's the longest edit ever. I never figured, I just don't feel like I'm ever going to finish it. Um, I've got several more hunts that I'm doing with him. Alberta, uh, Montana, South Dakota. I was going to tack with him in uh, Montana, but I'm not going to get to go now. It's my little girl's birthday and I've been gone enough, so I'm going to be here. Um, the biggest upcoming project that I have coming up is a new waterfowl project. Yes, spoiler alert, I'm doing a waterfowl project. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it came to be kind of on accident. Um, it's going to be a big project. I can't tell you who it's with or who the sponsors are. But it's going to be a waterfowl project, but it's not going to be a waterfowl project, if that makes sense. It's going to be more about story and people than it is about killing ducks and geese. There's still going to be ducks and geese, obviously, getting shot, but that's not the focal point of what we're doing. So that's that's why I'm doing this, because it's more about the story and the people, um, which is what I'm more interested in anyway. So uh, that's a big one. We're probably going to be filming it in late December, early January. I'm actually flying out there Monday to finalize the project um, and do a little filming with them, um, setting up some stuff. So it's going to be a cool one. It's going to be very different outside outside my box. Um, so look forward to that. It will probably be out January, into January, February time frame. Um, don't know where it's going to live yet. Can't tell you who the sponsors are or who it's about, but it's going to be a fun one. I'm also doing several whitetail shows with, um, now it's it's the Hunt Stand app now, but it used to be Scout Look Weather. Got several of those. We've got more hunts with Chuck um, this fall. I've got several with Dudley this fall. I've got My Elk Hunt, and that's a, and this is something you guys might need to help me with. Um, I'm doing my own elk hunt. Uh, I've got a friend that's going with me. And uh, I kept saying that I want to do a film for Badlands. Don't know when or how I'm going to do that. Because the only free time I have is when I'm going elk hunting. And I'm not spending my time on my elk hunt filming for Badlands. So I'm trying to figure out 
how I can do that project but not do that project, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I um, I have a couple ideas for other things to do, but the problem is when I would get to do them, it would be so late in the year. I don't know if I would meet the Badlands deadline, which is like right around Christmas time. Because uh, I've got, oh my gosh, guys, my freaking fall schedule is stupid crazy. And uh, I, I right now I'm just trying to figure out logistically how I'm going to do these things. Uh, how I'm going to get from a point A to point B and point C and how I'm going to get back and edit it all. But I do this to myself every year. Um, I overschedule myself and promise all this stuff. And I was like, okay, now I'm, how am I going to do this? Um, and I'll get it. I'll get it done. I always do. I'm just, I don't stress. I'm not a stressor. But right now I've, I've got a little bit of stress going on. Um, and I don't like it. I don't like stressing. Um, I'm 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 trying my best to get to the place to where I can hire someone. Uh I knew who I want to hire. I can't afford to pay them what I think they deserve to be paid. But uh on a positive note, I did get approved for my loan for my office. So hopefully by the end of this month I will do a new podcast from my brand new office. So uh I will uh try and get some input on some cool ideas for the office. I've got uh, several offices in there. I will be saving one for a future employee and I'll probably be renting out um, one or two of them to help pay for the mortgage and uh, go from there. But super excited about it. I'll have blazing fast internet there and I will be able to move the world, hopefully have a lot more time to do a lot more podcasts because right now time for podcasts is not on top of my priority list. And I know I told you guys I was going to try and do one every week and I have not done a good job of that. And I apologize. I will in the coming days do better. I promise. But having a podcast studio that I can go to and have set up all the time, which is what I plan to do will be awesome. And uh, I've got several of you out there that I'm going to try and get here to do more podcasts with me. Um, if you can't make it here to Delonica, I will. Uh, I'll do you know records over the over the phone like I've done before in the past. But absolutely have to be doing that. Um, that's really the big news for me is the office. Um, trying to hire somebody, get moved into there, and you know hopefully really upping upping the game on the production side, the business side, and the podcast side, which is what I'm most excited about. It's what I've. This is what I enjoy doing. You know, if I didn't enjoy doing it, I wouldn't keep doing it. So uh, I hope that, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope that was, uh, I hope y'all learned something from that. I don't know. I feel like I rambled the whole time. But um, coming up soon will be podcasts about how to be a better storyteller, the pre-production process, uh, differences in producing short and long-form content, and then Ernie, yes, filming whitetails will be coming up. Guys, I appreciate you listening. Uh, if you haven't rated and reviewed, this is where I got, I, I posted some of these the other day, some guys that rated and reviewed on iTunes and guys, I was absolutely floored at some of the responses of how just completely humbled and grateful for the guys that went out there and wrote nice things about the podcast. And I hope you guys are being honest. If you don't like it, please tell me you don't like it and tell me why. Um, I, I want to make this better. I want to do it better. I want to do more. And uh, the only reason, only way I can do that is with feedback from you guys. So uh, if you haven't rated and reviewed, please go to iTunes and do that. If you haven't told somebody about the podcast, please do that. 
um, share anything that we do, talk about it, ask questions, engage. You know, no question is a stupid question. Um, we've all been there. We've all had times when we were in the production game trying to figure things out. And we didn't know what a word meant. We didn't know what a term was. We didn't know what a this was, that was, or we had a question about how someone set this particular thing up or how to use a second monitor, how to, what is a key light, all these different things that may or may not, that you, the words that you hear that you don't understand them, reach out and we'll talk about them. Um, I answer questions on a daily basis with a multitude of guys that have simple camera questions, simple production questions. That's what I'm here for, guys. It's what I enjoy doing. Uh, I might not have every answer, but if I don't have the answer, I'll probably know someone who does. So, uh, Thanks again for all the uh, kind words, and I will be talking to you guys soon. Peace.